This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter, angler, and forager. Stick with this and who knows, maybe we will learn something together. All right, so I'm sitting here and I am talking to Christopher Davidson, also known as Boomer. And uh, Boomer, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, yeah, I'm, um, so I'm uh, 34 years old, just celebrated my birthday uh, two days ago. Um, I'm the owner of uh, WM Media, which uh, uh, produces and creates uh, Wild Memories TV on the Sportsman's Channel. Um, I'm an Army combat veteran, uh, served, served m- multiple tours. Um, <clears throat> I basically used video cameras uh, when I got out of the Army. I didn't really have a purpose or a sense of direction of where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do and uh you know needed a new mission and I think that's what a lot of soldiers transitioning out of the army are failing with right now well the army's failing them not putting them in a position to to transition out to find a new mission and uh, I used video cameras as mine um obviously I was a passionate hunter grew up hunting uh grew up in uh eastern Pennsylvania right at the base of the Blue Mountain uh, and Pocono Mountains um basically I uh started filming my hunts and uh you know then obviously with anything you know you get more into it and not only was i filming my hunts now i wanted to bring them to life so i started with the editing and then uh you know i took some online classes traveled and took some classes um you know within the industry on how to do that um really started filming for uh television shows uh become one they're on the sportsman's channel uh inside outdoors outdoor channel um headhunters tv um so I filmed uh, Blitz TV too. I filmed for them and I actually produced for a year for them. So and they're on Sportsman's Channel as well. Uh, so, you know, I had the experience from the industry to, that I was literally, it was just a hobby at one point. And I was just trying to uh, find my way, I guess, as a transitioning soldier out of the military. And now it's just turned into, you know, my own company, own show. 
um, you know, a good tight group of people, man, that are content contributors for me. And I edit the show and uh, it's therapy for me. And you can, like I said, you can catch on the Sportsman's channel and that's pretty much who I am and what my life's all about, dude. Pretty cool, man. So uh, when you're growing up as a kid, what would you like, when did you start hunting, what'd you start doing first? Was it birds? Was it, uh, you know, was it deer? <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I guess I screwed up that audio there. Sorry. It's all good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so from my end, what I did growing up, um, you know, I started off with, you know, small game, you know, you know, uh, busting brush, you know, walking for pheasants for, uh, um, squirrels. I always deer hunted, obviously Pennsylvania is a big, big deer hunting state opening day was on Monday. Then, uh, now it's on a Saturday, but you know, the whole state shut down, you know, there was no school, you know, so kids were allowed to go hunting. Uh, that was a different time though, apparently. So, um, <laughs> you know, I miss it, but, uh, then I got into turkeys in the spring and, you know, I just, I'm a big turkey hunter, big advocate of the NWTF and big advocate of getting the youth out there. I, I believe that a child's first introduction to hunting should be a spring turkey hunt because it happens quick. It happens fast. They get to hear them, whether they get one or not, you know, they get to interact with the animal that they're hunting and they get to hear them. And I just think that that's a, that's a good, good way to introduce uh, youth into hunting. And that's what got me hooked on it. I mean, I'm 34 now and I still, I get excited thinking about turkey season. I was just on the phone with my buddy for like 20 minutes earlier today talking about it. So it gets me going. What are you more passionate about? You think is it turkey hunting or is it deer hunting? Man, everyone asks me that. All right, listen, here's what I'm going to say. When it's deer season, it's deer season. When it's turkey season or leading up to turkey season, you know, once deer season ends, you, you have to wait so long and during the cold winter months to, to wait for turkey season. But deer season, it's nice. It's warm. You know, you go on vacation. You know, you don't have to check your cameras. But once every month, you know, you want to stay out of there to the hunting season. You know, so I guess I would say. I am more passionate about turkeys, but boy, I sure like them whitetails too. So I, I don't know. I'm sick for it all. Yeah, no, for sure. So um, I saw I saw something that was pretty cool. You took uh, a kid out that lost his mother. I think it was like season one or something. I watched a couple episodes and yeah. uh, he lost his mother or something. Was that somebody that you knew personally or was it just uh, trying to do a good outreach type thing and, and take that kid out? Yeah. So, yeah. So one of, one of my major uh, content contributors and good friend on my show, uh, Charlie Prickett, he's a farmer down in Maryland. Um, his fiance at the time, uh, Gabby, she was diagnosed with cancer. She was, it was a long, um, I think it was a nine to 10 month battle maybe. And uh, at one point things were looking good. And then, you know, the way, the way things unfortunately do with, with that, that, um, you know, with cancer as sometimes it, takes a turn the other way. And, um, you know, the young man, um, I had filmed him on his Christmas vacation, hunting a bunch. Um, and then finally he went out with Charlie on Christmas day and was able to connect. We have that footage of him and his mother, his mother then passed, um, a few months later. So, you know, he has those wild memories, uh, forever. You know, we made that for him. Well, you know, I'm, I'm proud to have made it. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I'm, I appreciate you watching it. Um, and you know, we've had a lot of outpouring support over that episode. A lot of people were very, um, very moved by that. Cause then the next episode after, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. The first episode is the farmer and that shows her going through her cancer treatments where Charlie, it delves into Charlie's character. And, um, basically he goes out to Kansas while she's getting chemo treatment. You know, he, he sees a lot of great bucks, but he knows I have to, I have to get back home. So, you know, she let him go on that trip and he went on that trip during that, uh, terrible time. And well, it's just a hard time, you know, a hard right. time for everyone 
loved ones and stuff. And, you know, everyone's been affected by this cancer. So it's just, I mean, you know, everyone has been affected by it. So they understand he kills a great deer um, at Nichols Farming and Outfitting, heads back home to her. Episode three then is the mother. Uh, the, it starts off, it's actually like a flash forward um, episode, which is very unique, I think, for the hunting industry. Starts off at her funeral and then delves backwards into the year leading up to that funeral. So it's a very moving episode and I appreciate you watching anyone who hasn't yet. You should go check that out. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, was she actually, she, she actually had uh, like other, other content then on the show, right? Like she actually took some yes. animals too. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's a tough one. Um, so you and I were talking turkeys a little bit before we got started here. And obviously you are passionate about it, especially this Always time of year. Right? So, uh, so what, what's your plans? I mean, are you planning on going out and, uh, and, uh, chasing them all over the place? I've seen you, you do some, got some grand slams and you're going for a Chicago Bulls style three peat or what? Uh, no, man, I don't have any grand slams. This, this will be my first okay. grand slam, but uh, <laughs> this will be my first grand slam <clears throat> and I'm actually going to try to accomplish it. Um, <clears throat> with three different people. So I got Dakota Miller, uh, from my, my good buddy, little buddy from Ohio. And he, um, he, he's a character on the show too. Um, so he is kind of like my number one producer, like, you know, me and him, you know, we flip flop back and forth, um, you know, behind the gun and the camera, you know, so we create a lot of content together. He'll be with me at, um, Muddy Bottom Outfitters down in Florida. So Charlie, you know, so they're going to get, um, an opportunity to kill their, um, Osceola is there as will I, and then we're going to go to Nebraska. So that'll just be me and Dakota. Charlie has his own hunt set up for that. And we are going to get our Miriams there. Then we're going down to Texas where I'll, I'll, I'll get a Rio, Dakota, get a Rio, Charlie, hopefully, hopefully again, hopefully all this plays out. I mean, they're birds, you know what I mean? They're turkeys. <laughs> roosted ain't roasted. And when you think you got them, you don't. So, um, but I like our chances. And then we're going to go back to the East coast. Um, with our good buddy uh, from Buffalo Creek Guide Services, Johnny Dale, and we'll finish off there with um, uh, our Eastern. So, and if not, we got Pensy, you know, public land, tons of places to hunt Pennsylvania, um, and then also uh, Maryland too. So, you know, we have opportunity for the Easterns. I just think, I think the hardest leg of it is going to be that Miriam hunt. I don't, I've never hunted a Miriam before, so I don't know what to expect. I'm hoping it plays out, works out, and we can accomplish this for the show next year. A, co a couple grand slams for Wild Memories, which would be cool, man. Yeah, that will be cool. Never done a Grand Slam. Actually, COVID shut me out of my last turkey permit that I applied for. So they, they closed the public lands. So with that being said, hopefully this year I got to finish. I got to put in for the third lottery. And hopefully I draw one of my however many choices, but it'll be my, my first uh, spring turkey hunt that I've actually done. I have only had a permit one other time, and I let it go. And, and then the last time I went was all set to go, found them. Uh, found where they're roosting and everything and ready to rock. And then COVID hit and shut it down. So that was kind of crappy experience, but hopefully that happens this year. And then who knows, maybe travel a little bit and, uh, and uh, do maybe another state or something too. But I got to ask you, what's your favorite part about turkey season? Cause I already know what mine is and it's unrelated to birds. <laughs> My favorite part of turkey season I mean, probably smelling that sulfur and running out there and stepping on their heads, man. That's got to be the fun <laughs> part. I mean, you know, I mean, what the heck, man? We're all mushrooms, be... dude. Find the morels. Oh, uh, yeah, so... okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so that, yeah, I like to do that. Honestly, like, you know what I really like to do? Um, I like to play long game turkey hunting. Like, I'll hunt them in the morning, 
and I won't get real aggressive and try to go find a bird. Like I'll just like to, I like to, I like to kill the bird that flies down with his harem, works away, shuts down. And then around 1030, he comes back into the area looking to re to, to reconnect with, with, with some hens. And I enjoy a good nap in the spring, in the morning. <laughs> I really do. I enjoy sleeping, just listening to nature. And then when you hear one fire off, Hey, everybody's back up and we're back in the game. So I, I, I enjoy taking naps in the spring in the woods. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll... <laughs> I think, I think one of the things that uh, a lot of our public land, actually uh, they shut, they shut it down at like two o'clock or something. So it, it's to actually share the woods with mushroom hunters and different things, you know, of that nature and other recreators. But at the same time, it sucks because you can never, you can never put them to the roost or wait for them to come back to the roost and uh, try and take one that way. So it kind of, mm. it makes it more difficult, but at the same time, it makes it a challenge and you just put the shotgun away and keep walking in the woods and then uh, find a bunch of mushrooms too. So, you know, yeah. it kind of works out. Well, I sure like those morels, boy. They sure do taste good. I'll tell you that. <laughs> What's your favorite way of cooking them up? I usually have my uh, my buddy Steve Nichols. Uh, he, he has a can. He has a cabin. Uh, well, actually, it's not his cabin. It's uh, our our good buddy uh, Mike Barnes. So we usually do like a like the first first Friday, second Saturday of the turkey season. We'll like go up there and you know walk around, scout a little bit on Friday. It's up in uh, Bradford County, like in the middle of nowhere. So. Um, you know, we do a little mushroom hunting up there. We also got, got these little orange newts that are up there that are pretty cool. That's I want to mention that too. That's I guess I like that about the spring too. But I know that they like to they like to deep fry them and they just uh, saute them too. And I that's you know I, I'm usually the recipient on the other end. They're eating them, so I I enjoy them too, man. I look forward to that. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's definitely cool. So let's talk about whitetails then. Like what what's your uh, what's your game plan for next year for whitetails? You gonna try and uh, how many states are you gonna hit? What are you gonna do? public private what you don't have that down yet or uh man I, man I, you got me smile man all whitetails they, they, they get me going too um <clears throat> well i just want to add i don't know when this will air when this won't i'm not done hunting yet so i'm going on a trip uh friday i'm gonna i don't know i might leave tomorrow because i guess we're having a big snowstorm so i want to try to beat that i'm going down to texas i got two tags in my pocket so i'll be down there um on some uh, uh mlt permits so i got still got Still in the game for Texas this year. I want to try to end with one. And again, Dakota, he'll be with me too. So Dakota's going to be, you know, we're going to flip-flop um, and, and and hunt and film. So we're going to do that. Um, I got Maryland early season. Um, I have opportunity for bear, actually, in Maine. Uh, the Maine bear season comes in very early. Uh, I have an opportunity there uh, with my buddy Johnny Dale from Buffalo Creek Guide Services. Um, so I'm going to be up there early September. Um, I do hunting in Kentucky at premier outfitters of Western Kentucky, uh, with Mr. Mark Clifford puts on a great outfit there. That could either be early season. It could be October. It could be November. You know, it could really just be whenever, you know, whenever he's gracious enough, you know, to, to let me come down there and create some content. And I really appreciate that from him. Um, I always put in for my Kansas tag. I don't always get my Kansas tag and I didn't get it last year, but I think this year I will get it. I'm hoping either way, Charlie or Dakota, someone will be in Kansas. So we have that always hunting in Maryland. Uh, I got a nice little piece of private property uh, in, in, in Pennsylvania that, that I hunt uh, pretty religiously and I do a lot of filming there. So I'm always in the game there. Um, you know, basically uh, anywhere, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, um, Maryland, um, 
I don't think we're doing any, any deer in New York this year, but we are in Ohio, um, Nebraska, um, oh, Wisconsin. That's right. Yeah. Um, uh, zero dark 30, um, outfitters, uh, Wisconsin. We have a hunter this year. It's a right, a rifle hunt, I believe. Uh, um, and then we always have Texas. So, you know, it's where I'll be, when I'll be there. I don't know, but I will be there and I'll have a tag in my pocket. You know, and that's what matters. <laughs> I was going to knock Texas. Cause it's a different type of deer hunting, man. It is completely different. It's a different ball game altogether, and it's pretty yeah. much private land. I mean, there's some guys that actually they they hunt public ground on Texas, no bait, nothing like your traditional Texas hunt. People look at them like they're nuts, you know. But and and they're actually pretty successful. Some of these guys that I know, and it's like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know. But the 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 distance you got to drive for a lot of these guys say you live in austin you're driving like three four hours to get to a piece of decent public to hunt i mean that's crazy but uh so you're going to an outfitter down there uh no actually it's a leasing situation um <clears throat> with with my buddy charlie um <clears throat> we're running um uh basically what we do is um we have a leasing situation and we like to take good friends and clients down there you know and, and people that people that enjoy the great outdoors, man. And we like to do that too. Uh, it's called the red feather ranch. It's in Byers, Texas. It's, it's about, uh, about 30 minutes from Wichita falls. If you know where that is or not. I do um, not. Is that like West Texas? No, it's North Texas. Okay. Like almost by, almost Oklahoma. by Oklahoma. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which so is, it's which a, is good whitetail country up there. So yeah. yeah. A lot of like scrub, scrub brush, um, you know, high grass, a lot of cattle, you know, it's, uh, and um, the deer, when they come out, man, they come pouring out. But there's also a lot of spotting and stalking going on. And that's really unique for Texas, you know, to be spotting and stalking. So, you know, we get a lot of good content down there. Um, and, you know, we're, you know, it's 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 our little piece of paradise, little piece of of um, hunting. And, you know, we have our good buddy, Jason Schindler. He, uh, you know, he watches and manages the place for us. His, his boy, Wyatt, um, you know, when he gets up out of bed in the morning, he'll help his dad too a little bit. And, uh, you know, we just have a we have a good time. There's a good connection down there and the show, you know, that's a good, a, like a good chunk of the show too is down in Texas at the red feather ranch with wild memories. That's cool. So in uh, Kansas, let's talk about that then a little bit. What do you, what are your plans? Uh, you know, hitting up some like leases public. What, what's your kind of plan there? I will, I will be at um, uh, Nick um, Nichols farming and outfitting. I'll be there um, with, with our good buddy, Jake. Um, it's uh it's a great little place man so basically uh well, basically what it is is you're staying at a house which is his i believe it's his grandparents old house so it's like you're at a hunting camp it's almost like you like go back in time dude like if that makes sense <laughs> like you know like like the furniture from the furniture to the carpeting to like the curtains like it's just it, you literally feel like you are in grandma's house and it's 1994 again like <laughs> and you're ready for like the opening day of deer season so i'll be there man um if I get the tag, I mean, I've gone there. I filmed there once for Charlie. He killed. I went there the next year. That's episode two, season two, uh, the heartbeat of America. And um, I killed then. And then last year, Charlie went there, killed. So hopefully this year um, I'll be killing. And the best part is that like his boys hunt too, like the family's hunting. So you're like a part of like their family tradition. Um, and like the one boy, one year he killed, I think like 163 inch deer. I mean, you know, it was just. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I never even seen one that big. Like I was like, Whoa, look at this thing. So, and again, that's season two, um, episode two, heartbeat of America and the, the town that they're in Smith center is like the nearest town. And it's still like a 15, 20 minute drive. 
And then they live in Gaylord, Kansas, which is just a small, small town of good people, good, hardworking American people, man. And, you know, everybody's rooting for the hunters when they come into town. And it's just a, it's a, it's an awesome place, man. It's an awesome experience, man, for anyone that would want to do something like that. Nice. That's pretty cool. And you mentioned bear hunting. Is that like a, a new passion, something you always do? Or is it uh, how many bears you gone after and what are you planning on? Um, so I hunted, uh, I hunted with my, all right. So here's my bear hunting history. I used to go in Pennsylvania. It was only three days. It was a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, bear season. That's it. And, you know, to get a bear, to see a bear, to kill a bear was like, wow. Like, you know, it didn't matter what size, what'd you do? Then I came to realize that there's a, there, there is a New Jersey bear season, which has since been canceled. There's no more hunting in New Jersey. I just want to say that. But last year, well, not, not, not the year that just happened the year before there was. So my good friend, Ron Messerschmidt from locked on box. Um, he has, he lives, um, in Northern New Jersey. They have a freaking bear problem, dude. Like they can't even put kids out to wait for the school bus hmm. because there's bears. People get mauled by bears, eaten by bears. This is fact. You can look this stuff up yet. The New Jersey governor, um, governor Murphy said that, well, you know, we don't need to have a season. And it's like, so they canceled it. So all these people are up there living in jeopardy in fear of these freaking bears. And they're big bears, dude. Like there's some five, six, 700 pound bears walking around up there. And there's many of them. And like the little nuisance bears are going through the trash and the garbage and harassing the kids. And, you know, they're attacking animals and dogs. And um, so that's where I killed my first bear in, in New Jersey. Like, and that was an incredible hunt. We saw 23 different bears in one day. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah, yeah that's that a good problem, problem, but a problem nonetheless. Right. And me and Dakota each killed one about four hours apart. So the bears kept coming in. Um, then we also go down to North Carolina um, to Hyde County, North Carolina at Buffalo Creek Guide Services. They have some of the biggest bears in the world down there. And I've never gotten one down there, but we have seen, you know, some of the bears that are taken from there. And I just haven't had an encounter down there yet, but I'm not losing faith. And then the same outfitter, Johnny Dale, Buffalo Creek Guide Services, now has an outfit in Maine where I'm going to be hunting up there. And that's I've never done it before, but it sounds pretty cool, dude, because it's a rifle hunt in like September. No, that is pretty cool. Like, right. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, I've never heard of it. Like, I was like, really? He called me up. He said, man, you know, I got to get you on this hunt, man. You know, you got to come up here. And, you know, we're because me and Johnny, we're good friends and we we hunt a lot together. So, um, you know that's going to be our next adventure. We're pretty excited about that one. So that's, that's probably going to be, again, I don't know what New Jersey's going to do with their bear season again. I mean, they claim to follow the science. So I would say that, you know, they should bring back that, that bear hunt. But as of right now, there's, there's still no season. So I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. So have you ever like deer hunted up in Maine? Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. I have never hunted in Maine, period. I, I've never deer hunted. Someone told me that it's a, it's a tough deer hunt 
in Maine. So I, yeah. I, I don't know. I've got a buddy from, from, uh, I think he's like quite a ways upstate in Maine. And, uh, he was telling me, he's like, you see more moose than you do deer. He's like, you could go three, four years without filling a deer tag, but you can probably pretty consistently, you know, somebody in your family get a moose tag before you actually get a deer. So that's kind oh, yeah. of interesting. Yeah. Um, but so you, you hunt in upstate New York then or for, for deer sometimes turkeys. or turkeys. just turkeys. Okay. Yep. Cause I always yep, wondered yep. what it would be like, you know, deer hunting up that way, like New York and all that kind of stuff. So that's something, yep. something to check out maybe one of these days, although you never want to do it with a gun in, in New York. The gun laws uh, are pretty tough to try and travel through there. So, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, have you ever bear hunted anywhere else other than Jersey then? Sir, is oh it- well, no, yeah, no, yeah, North, North Carolina. Okay, I hunted down uh, last year, and that was with uh, that was like their gun season. They have a gun, they, they do have a gun season down there. So I, I was there for I think maybe it was like I don't know, second week after after December. I think I had I went to Kansas, killed Texas, killed, came home, went on the bear hunt then. So it probably was like December 14th, 15th, somewhere in there. Two years ago now is that bait when you guys hunt over it or how, how do you hunt is yeah it- yeah so but it's like there's something different man like you can't throw like you know some kind of flavored something out there like it's only like peanuts or soybeans or corn i think it's like natural agriculture is the only thing you're allowed to bait with i don't quote me on that but i know that the baiting is different like in new jersey you know they're going to like local donut shops and finding like where they're throwing out their extra donut holes and they're just getting them and throwing them on the pile and the bears are just coming out of nowhere. You can't do that down in North Carolina. So in in North Carolina, you could still you could still bait them, but it has to be all natural stuff. Yes. Okay. Well, from what I saw, that's what I believe. I, and again, I'm not a resident of North Carolina. I know I should know this because I ha- I own a hunting license there, but I am gonna say, and don't quote me, just look into it. I'm gonna say that. It's natural bait only. So peanuts, soybeans, corn, you know, nothing, nothing that's unnatural to the, to the agriculture, I guess. Yeah. That's interesting. I've never, yeah. never heard of that. Cause normally, I mean, baiting, it doesn't really matter what you're baiting them with, but that's pretty cool. I've always wanted to head out West and hopefully this spring, I'm going to do a spring bear hunt, um, either Montana or maybe Idaho. I don't know, but that'll be pretty cool to try and do and actually do, you know, spot and stock with the rifle find right. glass some up in the mountains and stuff like that you ever do any western hunting or anything like that no man i've done a lot of done a lot of western filming no well, not a lot but i've done i've done western filming <clears throat> um but i've never actually been the hunter at this point in my at this point in my professional career um i have filmed more places than i have hunted i am actually just starting now to like turn that corner to like where now, like I'm in front of the camera, like, you know, these are my hunts and my operations and my setups. Um, it's been a long journey, dude. I mean, you know, I went from the guy that you didn't even know was there behind the scenes, just taking knowledge wherever I could cashing in on opportunity, working hard, being respectful, man, and never crossing anybody and trying to be a damn good person. And, um, you know, it's, it's come full circle. So yeah, Western hunts, dude, they are, they are in the future. They are in the near future. I see them. I have things in the works. So you will see old boom out there in uh, hopefully Colorado or, you know, any of these Western States. I mean, they're, they're, they're just awesome looking, man. It's such a different world. Like, I mean, like I said, I'm down in that North Texas, that's about as far South or as far West as I go, but it's like, you know, 
that hunting is so much different than what I do on the East coast. I could only imagine what the West coast has to offer, you know, for hunting. Like I, I'm excited for it. I really am. Yeah. So what, what's your plans? I mean, can you talk about them? What you kind of, what you're wanting to do or, or, uh, you know, plans for the future? Yeah. I mean, we're definitely going to get, we're definitely going to get on the elk scene. I mean, we have, we, we have to get on the elk scene. Um, you know, we're already starting to put in, you know, tags, tags for draws and getting points and, you know, getting into that game. Um, you know, but I would really like to do something public over the counter and film it from start to finish. And I think, you know, at that point, the audience doesn't really care about inches and mass and all that. They just care about the adventure. And I think that that's a good place for wild memories to start because, because that's how we did start. We started, you know, I mean, you can watch our show. There ain't, there ain't many deer that are like, Whoa, look at that thing. Like to us, they're big, but you know, to maybe other television people, they're not big or maybe, you know, fans that like to watch big deer type type television shows, you know, our, our ours has more of a feeling and emotion to it. And um, you know, there's two kills per episode. Uh, which is very good. You know, that, that, that passes the time. I mean, you know, people want to, people that are watching hunting shows, you know, what are you watching it for? You know, you want to see the hunt. Uh, but I think that elk hunting, especially on public land DIY, that is like a different dynamic. Like I feel like the people want to watch the struggle of the hunter too. You know what I mean? Because it's, you know, the elevation is different out there. And for, you know, guys on the East coast also going out there, you know, you get your butt whooped, you know, quickly. <laughs> for sure especially a midwesterner you know 300 feet above sea level or something like that and then heading out west it's like you get smoked first two three days i mean you were just it's kicking your butt the whole time and that's like pretty soon though and i think it might have already changed to where you used to be able to go get like a spike bull tag over the counter as a non-resident for utah but i don't even know if you can do that anymore it might be some type of lottery system now i'm not saying you're not guaranteed to get one but it's going to be mm -hmm. tough. So it pretty much only leaves Colorado, which is some seriously tough hunting. So it'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting yeah. to try and see that episode, you know, come out and watch you guys go through the journey and the struggle. And, and especially, you know, if you've, if you've never done it other than just, you know, filming it, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I wanted, I was supposed to go out last year and had all my stuff and, and dialed in a lot better than I did my first hunt and uh, ended up, getting covid and quarantining during my 10 days of my planned hunt so that really sucked but it's in the future again and i think this time you know if i don't get to do the colorado even though i've got my units kind of scouted out and and got my whole game plan and hunt plan you know there's definitely some other some other places that you know i'm trying to build up points but it's tough i mean how long have you been in the point game literally last year was my first year jumping in oh. so like <laughs> Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm just jumping in on this stuff. So it's like, you know, it's going to take some time, but like I said, most of the over counter stuff, um, you know, like I said, we're going to jump in the game, like everyone else in the Colorado, we're going to try to, we're going to try to make it happen just like everyone else does out there. And that, and that's like the cool part about it is like, you know, that it's, it's public, you know, that anyone can get the tag and it's like, everyone's after, you know, I'm sure it's just like Turkey hunt, man, you hear one ring off and everybody's going to make a plan for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. But I did want to say, though, another another some hunting that we do do is unique. You asked me earlier, um, you know, we do sick of deer hunting. Oh, oh wow. Memories, which is uh, very, very unique. And that's in Maryland. Um, that's, that's that's down in like the Delmarva area. And I don't know if you know what a sick of deer is or not, but it kind of looks like a little elk. Tiny, you know what? Tiny little yeah. elk. Yeah. Tiny they're, little they're pretty neat. Actually, and, and the unique call that they have. Actually, I had a buddy, uh, um, a trad, trad bow hunter that that went there. 
and did it. I don't know if he was successful or not, but I mean, that's some pretty tough hunting. That's all pretty much like coastal, like marshland, right? Yeah. 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 It's like marsh swamps. Uh, some, a lot of times like the, like the duck impoundments, they, they like to be in them duck impoundments and, uh, they're very, very sensitive creatures, man. I mean, you don't even know, like you just, you blink wrong, you breathe wrong. And they're, they make that noise. They're like, whoo. And then like, they run away. Like it's, it's there. I just, my first, so my first time I ever went hunting, um, the guy that we were hunting with, um, Mike Shanahan, he literally said, you know, you'll either see a bunch or you won't see any, or maybe you'll see a trophy. I said, all right. He said, this is what a trophy looks like. This is what I get up in the tree stand. He says, if I were you, he said, I would have that camera pointed right there and be ready with your, with your crossbow already ready. He said, because you know, this is going to happen quick. I said, okay. Literally he walked out of there two minutes later, a trophy sick of deer is coming right at me. Like, you know, what are the chances of this? I'm like, all right. I mean, he, he come in there and, uh, I literally moved an inch. I mean, I just moved the camera like that, just an inch and <clears throat> he took off. And that was, I didn't see anything the rest of the day. And it was like, that was my first learning curve lesson of you know when they're in your presence buddy you better hold tight you know because they you know they'll they'll bust you so how's that work then for that uh when you get tags i mean is that an over-the-counter purchase or do you actually have to put in for a lottery for that or how's that work yeah yeah so what i do is um you can buy it in in maryland you get in maryland you get two buck tags with every license and then you can buy a bonus tag so the way it works is you could kill two white tails and a sitka you could kill like uh, a white tail with, um, you, you could kill a white tail with like a bow and then a gun combo. So you could go like muzzle loader and bow, and then you would be able to kill a, a sick of deer with a bow. So basically you can only, you could kill two, two of one, but not three of the same, if that makes sense. Like you can't kill three, you can't have three muzzle loader kills. You can't have three archery kills. You know what I mean? You have to have two, two of one. So either two muzzleloader or two archery, and then you get that bonus tag, which is the other, the other weapon of choice. And you can use that bonus tag on a sick of deer. That's interesting. So can you kill two sick, you can kill two sick deer then, but then you have to kill or can kill one white tail, right? Oh, geez, buddy. I don't know. I don't <laughs> want to say, I don't want to, I don't want to comment on this one because I think people will be like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I believe you can only kill one sick of deer, but I could be wrong. I think it's two white tails, one sicka. Maybe it is two sicka, one white tail. I don't know, but I'm in the white tail game, so you know I'm more focused on white tails than sickas. But I do know for a fact that I killed two white tails this year, and I was told, you know, you could either kill one more white tail this way, or you can kill a sicka deer. And I said, well, let me know. So That's I don't cool. know what's going. To yeah, the season the season ends. Um, January 30th, I think, or January 31st this year. So there's still some time. That's pretty neat. And so were you hunting them in the same habitat then, like the whitetail? And I mean, do they pretty much coexist or is it only the, the Sitka in that like, you know, area? Yeah. So, so the Sitka deer are only in like that area um, where it's real marshy and like coastal and all that, but there are whitetails there too. But like where I whitetail hunt mostly, um, is that my, either my buddy Charlie's or Muddy Creek, or I'm sorry, um, Muddy Bottom Outfitters um, with my buddy Chris Bowden. So we, who I also turkey hunt with, he's got the properties along like the Delmarva, like Salisbury, um, all those places down there. They, um, um, like his leases and his farms and his outfit situation, uh, it's more inland. So it's a lot more pine trees though, I'll say that. 
versus Charlie's up in Kent County, Maryland, Kennedyville to be to be uh, specific. That's more flatland agriculture, you know, where it's flat, long, flat, vast wheat fields and corn and beans, and then you know little dips in the in in from one field to the other, and there's strips of woods, and that's where the deer are. You know, there's there's a lot of big deer in both areas. There's a lot of opportunity in both areas all across the state of Maryland. It's a, you know, from a guy coming from Pennsylvania, if you were to tell me, hey, buddy, you know, you could hunt a hundred inch deer or 115 inch deer every Saturday, or you could come down to Maryland and be able to hunt Saturday and Sunday and shoot 145 inch deer and you get to bait. Would you take that when you only live an hour away? It's like Maryland is the crown jewel. It's an opportunity for out of state people to really pursue animals that they only dream of and that's basically where i'm at with it i mean you know i'm hunting animals stuff that i see on trail cameras you know i mean i don't i never get them but i'm always looking for them and i always hunt them they um there's just an incredible amount of game there and trophy managed game too then you know it's just pennsylvania is a great state i love hunting pennsylvania but it doesn't offer the opportunity that maryland does i can't bait in pennsylvania you know and i can't hunt sundays maryland i can do that yeah, so let's let's talk about that. Uh, kind of, I kind of find it interesting. Have, has there been any headway or anything on that for the whole Sunday hunting thing? I know they did some experimental stuff yeah. just to get like a baseline as far as what they were going to do for the rulings. But ha- has that gone any further, or has has anything come of that? Yeah, so I believe this year they offered they offered three Sundays to hunt. I believe there was three Sundays to hunt. Um, I know one was in the archery. I know, I believe one may have been during the deer season. Uh, again, don't quote me on that. I don't know. Um, but I know that there was three opportunities guaranteed that you were allowed to hunt on Sundays this year and they were experimenting. You know, a lot of people have asked me what my opinion is on it. I mean, I'm a traditionalist. I like to keep things the same, but at the same time, how can I tell someone that wants to go hunting, that wants to experience the great outdoors, they could possibly be doing it with their child, which would make them being a mother or a father, which is good for our country and good for society, for parents to be involved in their children's life. How can you tell them that you can't go hunting on Sunday? You know, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I feel as though they should open it up, but, but maybe the way they're doing it is probably better. They're controlling it and regulating it a little bit. You, you know, know? I, I, I kind of have a problem with it. Mostly, and it's not anything to do with, okay, somebody skipping church to go and do that. It, gotcha. that that's somebody's own morals and their judgment, and, and God will judge them accordingly for what they do. And that's none of my business or anybody else's business if they do that. But at the same time, if somebody may have to work on Saturdays, doesn't go to church, why can't they go on Sunday? I mean, if you're a one-day weekend warrior or, you, you know, you, you have – you have one day and you got to take off work or something just to go do that because it's a Saturday. I mean, that's a terrible thing to limit somebody on their ability to hunt like that. You know, they might not be able to get out during the week. And I think, I don't understand how anybody could do that. And what I find crazy though, is like around here, early season, there's nobody in the deer woods anyway. They're all watching football. It's fall time, right? So on a Sunday, on a Sunday morning, they're either going to church and afterwards watching football or something like that. The deer woods are pretty much empty until you get a cold snap or the rut. And then you see a bunch of guys come out, and most of them, within two hours of after daylight, they're all gone anyway. It's crazy. They come out there, and they'll all come traipsing into the woods. And I'll be on public ground, too. And, and 
you'll see all these other cars pulling up as you're hiking into the woods and you'll hear car doors and people locking doors and different stuff sometimes, you know, depending on how far you get back. And every single one of them cars is gone by the time we come out of the woods. It's just, right. it, to me, it's so funny. And that it, to, to deprive them of that two hours that they're going to spend, you know what I mean? Or three hours that they're going to spend. Most guys aren't going to spend all day out there, but whatever they can afford to do, allow them to do it. And, and that's kind of, I'm, I'm surprised that that hasn't gone further. I mean, do you think there's any like legislation or anything in the works to try and change that or no? Man, I, that's the thing. Like, Whenever I check up on it, I mean, obviously, like I said, this year when I saw like, oh, yeah, you get three Sundays to hunt. Oh, that's right. One was small game. One was archery. And then I believe one was was gun for deer, which I mean, if they've already come that far with it, I mean, they got openers now on Saturday. It used to be Monday. Now it's Saturday. Um, you know, they're trying to, you know. I, I believe it. I believe that it, there is going to be a uh, progression and there is going to be change. And I think it's going to come. But I think it's going to come at the pace of what they believe the state can handle because Pennsylvania is a unique state. Here's the thing with it. There are so many licenses sold here and so many hunters that, you know, I mean, would it increase poaching? I don't know. Would it create more of an opportunity for poaching? I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't because if you make Sunday hunting legal, then there's no more poachers on Sundays, not saying that there is, and I don't condone that at all, but I'm saying, you know, how do I put it this way? You can only, if you don't give people opportunity to hunt, then how are, how can you expect people to hunt? You right. don't give them the opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, so if there's more, more opportunity for people to go hunting and like you said, even if it's just for two hours, man, like, you know, some of my best hunts I remember are going with my dad and my grandfather, just hunting them in the spring before school. You know what I mean? Like, you know, man, we were close this morning, but I got to get you to school. Come on, buddy. We got to go, you know, we can't wait for him. Yeah. And you know, that, that kind of stuff right there, like that, to me, that's what I would see being Sunday hunting more of like, you know, you got things to do with the family and stuff like that, but you know, let's just give it a try. You know, let's see, let's see if he's out there this morning or let's see if we can get that old Tom fired up. And I, I hope there's change. I mean, I, you know, I hope that they give um, some kind of opportunity the way they've been. And, you know, if they want to give it more then that's fine. And if not, then that's, you know, three is better than zero. So. I guess. Plus you can always travel to a different state, right? And that's, what's great about this amazing country that we live in to be able yes. to freely travel to, whatever state we choose to, as long as we're allowed to get a tag. And, and hopefully that doesn't change either. So, I mean, there's a lot of that kind of stuff in the works right now. And in fact, I just did a podcast with a guy last night about that kind of stuff and uh, the action he's taken. And it's pretty cool to see the, the voice and the momentum behind what's going on and, and uh, hunters actually standing up and uh, making their voices heard enough to where these legislators are actually unsponsoring bills and backing away from them and making them die. And that's a pretty cool thing to watch uh, legislation that's anti-hunting legislation die right before your eyes. It shows that, you know, we're finally maybe coming together because we see a common goal or a common, you know, a common good, because a lot of times we are divided as hunters and, and that kind of sucks, you know, and I'm always for anybody that wants to get out hunting, however method, as long as it's legal, just make it happen. And that's kind of how I believe. Yep. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, here at Wild Memories, man, you know, we, we think the same thing, you know, as long as you're legally, ethically, and morally straight, you know, with your hunting tactics and, you know, your, your methods, you know, you're good. You're, you're, you're good. You know what I mean? And you just, you need to be a good ambassador for the sport, you know, always try to get people interested, always, always speak with passion and correctness about what it is that you are as a person, because I believe that our hobby is very special because, you know, people that golf, they golf. Well, if they don't want to go golf, they don't want to go golf. Hunters, 
it's a 365, it's a 24 seven, 365. It's a way of life. Like you are, it defines who you are. You are a hunter. And that's, you know, I, you know, I, I don't think you find that with many other passions. So I, if I could say anything to anyone, man, try to recruit people, always be passionate about what you're talking about. Always tell people, you know, how great and how fun it is and why they should go out and enjoy it. And you'll take them and, and, you know, spread the word to them. And just like you said about the legislation, man, people need to let their congressmen, their senators, their, you know, people at, even at local levels, you know, for like, you know, archery rules within townships and stuff, you know, these people not, and I don't want to get into politics, but like these people, they have no idea what they're talking about. They say, follow the science on one thing and then say, Oh no, no hunting, no hunting. Cause it's mean. Well, that science says that you need hunting. So if you're going to follow the science, let's follow the science. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah, New man. Jersey bear season. Yeah. New Jersey bear season is definitely something that people need to get on the ball with the governor. He just got reelected. So it could be another two years with no bear season. And these people in Northern New Jersey need help. There's bears destroying their properties, their assets and some of their lives. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for coming on. And before we go, just kind of, Tell everybody where they can find you, view your content, and uh, what what's coming in the future, maybe where they can find that as well. Yeah, okay. So uh, we are currently airing on the, on, on the Sportsman's channel. We're at quarter three and four, though, so we're not on right now. Um, we're going into season three. Uh, you can catch season one on YouTube right now. Uh, season two on YouTube will be, will be coming shortly, um, probably in about the next 60 days. Um, and we're going to drop those week by week. So there's six episodes in season one, 10 in season two. There's going to be 10 in season three. Um, we are expecting uh, four, four time slot airings again um, for quarter three and four on the Sportsman's channel this year. Um, and then we're also going to be branching out into um, uh, My Outdoor TV, uh, possibly some other uh, digital content uh, platforms. You know, we're, we're looking to get the name and the brand out there. Um, you can follow us uh, at Wild Memories TV uh, on Instagram. You can follow me uh, at Chris Davidson underscore WMTV on Instagram. Um, we do we do a lot of lot of buddy stories uh, on there on Wild Memories and on my account where you'll see all the different characters and personalities on the show, you know, as we interact throughout the day. So, you know, you can follow anyone on there. Also, um, you know, I know uh, uh, Dakota, he's on there. I think he's like uh, Dakota Miller 07. Uh, Charlie uh, at the Prick Farmer. He's on there. He's a <laughs> he's a big one. People people like his personality, man. So Charlie's always on there. Um, you know, our buddies, um, uh, Mark and Madison Meeker, um, you know, they, they, they have, uh, uh the Deerassic Park, uh, operation going on up there, which I don't know if you know what that is or not, but it's got, it's got the world's largest 50, 50, and it's a great, great, uh, 501 C3 for children, man. And they do, they're centered around environment, education and hunting. Uh, so make sure if you see that tag on there on any of our posts, make sure you click on that as well. Um, all of our sponsors are on there, man, for you guys to follow and click on there as well. Um, we have, we do giveaways usually, usually every quarter, but I mean, we may start to do like maybe one or two a month, um, as things start to progress a little bit better. Um, make sure you stay, stay with us and follow us, man, for our Turkey season. There's going to be a lot of good stories. And like I said, next week, uh, I don't know when this airs, but we'll be at Texas. So, you know, you guys will be able to follow along and watch those stories and I guarantee you'll be entertained. <laughs> nice. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, sir. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, please subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to. Also, if you could leave a review, that would help us out. And you can check us out on Instagram or at publiclychallenged.com.
And once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.